quick advertisement. This podcast is all about finding food freedom, and for many of you, that means freedom from binge eating. If you've been struggling to keep certain trigger foods around the house because you're afraid that you'd finish them all in one sitting, if you feel like every day is a battle against your cravings, if you can't be trusted around certain foods, then there's a good chance you've been told the lie that if you could have more willpower, you'd stop binge eating. There's one person who gets it, it's Sabrina, intuitive eating coach and founder of the Food Freedom Academy. Sabrina Magnan was a guest on our show a few weeks ago to talk about her story battling with disordered eating and chronic dieting. She knows the loneliness, shame and isolation that come along with struggles with binge eating, something that she battled for years of her life. And she was always told that if she had more self-control, tried harder, stuck to her plan better or just cut her trigger foods out, she would be able to stop binge eating. But what she came to find out was that willpower is not the solution. In fact, the more willpower you try to have, the worse the behaviour can get. And now, after finding true food freedom and completely overcoming binge eating, Sabrina is pulling back the curtain on what it truly takes to break free from the binge in cycle without using willpower in her brand new free seven-day intuitive eating challenge. During this three-part challenge, you're going to discover the three top reasons you binge eat and actionable strategies to overcome them. Imagine feeling at peace around food, eating your favorite foods without fear of losing control, regaining your confidence and no longer letting food control your life. Join a community of like-minded individuals who understand your struggles, led by an expert coach who's been where you are and knows the path to freedom. You deserve more than quick fixes and band-aid solutions. This free challenge will give you the tools and guidance to overcome the root causes of your binge eating. Sabrina's challenges are known to be truly life-changing and this is her best one yet. To sign up, you can go to the link in our show notes or head to the link www.sabrinamagnon.com forward slash binge challenge. Link in the show notes. Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. So today I want to talk about when you're feeling really anxious about socializing due to body image and how you look. So maybe you've been invited to something, you just don't know what to wear, you feel that nothing fits you as you would like it to, you feel self-conscious, worried that others are gonna be judging or looking at you, and maybe you're on a recovery journey and your body has changed a lot since the last time people saw you, so you fear others noticing, and you feel under a spotlight and you just don't want to be under the spotlight at all. Now, of course, although it's sorely tempting to stay indoors at home, to decline the invitation and watch Netflix in the safety of your four walls, this probably isn't the optimal thing for your mental well-being, and it will likely exacerbate the anxieties even more. So I think what tends to happen is when we isolate and hide away and avoid things, we tend to lose confidence and can be at the risk of isolating ourselves further. So what to do? So I'm gonna talk about seven tips to increase body confidence, get out of your head and help you to create some memories and just generally feel better. Okay, so number one tip is focus on how you want to feel when you're out. So rather than focusing 
and how you're going to look, all the other kind of noise and chatter in your head. Think about how you would like to feel. Think about the memories you would like to create, the people at the event that you actually like to talk to and share with. If there's music or entertainment, think about the bits about that that you might really enjoy, or if there's kind of music or something going on. So think as well about the experience of being somewhere different, being out of your house, being out of the four walls. Think about it and what it would mean for you if it was something that was going really, really well. And in the days before you go, I would say about a week before, spend five minutes writing down how you want to feel, okay? So really get into that kind of sense of how you want to feel. Think about the senses, the sights, the sounds, the taste, the smell, the feeling. Think about how you really, really want to feel. And think about feeling peaceful, calm, happy, and being relaxed whilst you're there. And then in the subsequent days leading up to the event, just spend a few minutes reading over what you've written down, okay? Now what will happen then is when the, by the time the day arrives, these feelings will already sort of be embedded in your unconscious and you'll be able to step more into that visualized place. You'll be able to embody the more confident and relaxed version of yourself. You know, so if you'd imagined yourself maybe talking to a really close friend and laughing and sharing and catching up and just feeling relaxed, feeling the sun on your face. If you're really embodying all of that before you even go, it's gonna make you feel so much better. And then it will mean you'll be stepping into the event or the get together or whatever it is, expecting happier moments and you will show up more accordingly with more confidence. Now contrast this to imagine a week before the event of catastrophizing, expecting the worst, feeling a sinking dread in your stomach, fearing isolation or overwhelm and body self-loathing, you know, just imagining all those kind of really tricky things. So no wonder if you're spending the days up to the event anticipating all the worst, no wonder when the day comes, you won't wanna go. You'll already be feeling so anxious, your nervous system will be sort of flooded with cortisol, You'll feel withdrawn, you won't want, you know, you'll feel closed off, you'll be hiding yourself. And this will then just reinforce those feelings of not being good enough because you'll kind of show up in that way where you're not feeling confident at all. You'll tend to hide, you'll tend to withdraw, and then you'll collect more evidence for these events being kind of really difficult, horrible things, and you won't want to go again. Now, I use this kind of visualization technique to this day. If I'm going to do anything that's potentially a bit anxiety provoking or out of my comfort zone. So one thing I do as part of my job is I regularly run training courses for counsellors. I have a lot of people like coming on Zoom and I train them essentially to do my job. And I always do feel a little bit of anxiety in the week before I'm about to run one of these events. And I think potentially for me a bit of anxiety is a bit helpful partly helpful it helps me kind of be prepared get focused get in the zone but also I'm very aware that if I let that anxiety kind of become too intense if I let my mind want it wander into a catastrophizing place it could be quite detrimental so in the week before I'm always thinking about bringing inspiring content to the training I'm thinking about connecting with my audience I don't spend any energy on expecting the worst or anticipating things going wrong. You know, I imagine Zoom just working really smoothly and easily. I imagine kind of showing up with a lot of energy, a lot of confidence. I imagine people responding well to me 
And then, because I'm in that mindset days before the event, by the time it actually comes, I'm just really stepping into that place that my mind has almost prepared me for several times before. And then that becomes more and more of a habit now as well. So now if I even think about running in an event, I don't tend to go to an anxious place so much. I tend to be more anticipatory, excited, looking forward to it. So this is a great tool we can use with so many things. So I'd really encourage you to have a go. If you've got something coming up, really just anticipate things going well and really anticipate yourself feeling calm and peaceful and playful and happy and all the good feels. Okay, right, it sounds like it's a jet going past in the background. <laughs> it's usually a jet or a cat meowing or something or the washing machine, so hopefully you didn't hear that. Okay, number two, body language. So things like smiling, standing tall and putting your shoulders back. Now, whatever you're doing right now, if you just, <laughs> if you're able to, Stand up, obviously not if you're driving, put your shoulders back, smile, have your feet firmly rooted on the ground, probably find you immediately feel a bit better, okay? And I know myself, actually, when I smile, I immediately feel a bit better, okay? Now, I'm not talking about faking it and suppressing our negative feelings constantly or anything like that. I think there is room for all the feels and we need to be able to kind of, you know, we don't want to be like putting on a positive front and in a kind of toxic way. But I think as a tool, this can really help us. If we're not feeling confident about something, we can think about how we use our bodies to step more into a confident place, okay? So just altering your body language alone will improve your confidence and mood and it will help you exude confidence even if you don't feel it. I think what's really important as well is wear something that you feel comfortable in and wear something that you like. You don't wanna be wearing something that's uncomfortable or it's digging in or it's making you feel self-conscious. Um, and if you need to, buy some new clothes in the size that you are right now, okay? It doesn't mean that you're gonna be this size forever. Um, you know, of course, I'm all about people being their optimal kind of set point, happy place for their body. I think that's um, a healthy thing, it's important. And that is so individual for anyone and that's independent of BMI and all of the stuff. But I think it's really important to wear something that you feel comfortable in now, that you feel nice in now, because there's nothing more triggering for poor body image than wearing something that is too small or it's digging in. Um, yeah, we've all been there, it's not good. Number three, how you look in the mirror is really important as well. So. When we look in the mirror, often if you've got disordered eating, you struggle with poor body image, you tend to look in the mirror and you look at your perceived worst body part and you pay so much attention to that. You don't look at your whole body, you don't look at the background, you're kind of collecting evidence for my body is not good enough, okay? And of course then you don't feel very good. And I think about when I look in the mirror, you know, I can look at my eyes, my hair, maybe my arms, parts of my body that I'm more accepting of, and I can feel relatively peaceful. <laughs> or I could look in the mirror and I could look at my loose skin after having babies, or I could look at my thighs that have cellulite on, or I could look at my body and think, oh, it's really out of proportion, I'm so pear-shaped. But how we look in the mirror is so important, okay? Because what you tend to focus on expands, and it's really important to you know, look at yourself as a whole, be able to celebrate your strengths and qualities, and 
putting the critical eye on anyone, we could find something to criticise anyone's body about if we wanted to. Human bodies are not perfect things, okay? So think about how you look in the mirror, be kind to yourself, be compassionate to yourself, and I guess as well think about what your body can do as well if that is a helpful strategy for you. So time for a short advertisement break. I know we talk a lot about food freedom on this podcast and how important it is to take care of yourself mentally and physically as you learn to navigate a culture inundated with toxic messaging. One of the best ways you can take care of yourself is through exercise, but I know it can be really hard to find an exercise program that isn't rooted in these toxic messages and doesn't feel triggering. Well, I recently met Katie, the owner of an amazing new exercise company called We Shape. And We Shape doesn't just focus on calorie counting, tracking how much you work out or making you feel bad about your body to get you motivated. Instead, they create a customized exercise routine for you that helps you connect with and care for your body rather than feel pressure to change it. They help you learn to set intentions that come from a place of self-care rather than self-judgment. And they support you every step of the way with an amazing community and life coaching so you can make exercise a self-care practice that helps you feel better in your body and about your body. Plus, they're giving listeners of the show the chance to try it out for two full weeks for free. Just head on over to www.weshape.com forward slash freedom or check out the link in the show notes today. Number four, avoid any self-sabotaging behaviours in the lead up to the social event. Okay, so if you're going out the weekend and it's the Monday before, you don't want to be weighing yourself, doing lots of scrolling on social media or looking on Facebook at your friends measuring yourself, looking in the mirror, doing all those self-sabotaging behaviours that we know are not going to make you feel good. Because these things are a recipe for poor self-esteem and feeling rubbish. And you're also much more likely to engage in ED behaviours and you'll probably feel even worse for it. So you might be really tempted to like go on a major diet blitz or something the week before and then you find that by the end of the week you're starving hungry, you're falling into binge eating or chewing and spitting, you're not in a good place and then you're feeling worse than ever in your mood and then you really don't want to go to the event at all, okay? So avoid all those self-sabotaging behaviours, they are not helpful. Number five, wake up in the morning and write down five things that you appreciate about your body that are nothing to do with aesthetics. Okay, so the good old body neutrality, valuing your body for what it can do, recognizing that in 10 years time, you're probably going to long for the body that you have today, being able to appreciate the things that are great about your body, its amazing physiology, the fact that you can hopefully run for the bus or touch your toes or be mobile. We take all of these things so, so much for granted. And it's so important, I think, just to remember actually just what a blessing it is to have a moving, functional body and to be able to acknowledge that. And of course, for anyone listening who is suffering with chronic illness who or who has a disability or isn't able to move their body in an easy way or feels very sort of held back by their body, I completely take on board that This is incredibly challenging to be able to do. Number six, remember that although you feel under the spotlight, no one else is paying you the attention that you imagine. Okay, so I think we often think, oh my goodness, I'm gonna turn up at the event, everyone's gonna be looking at me, everyone's gonna be thinking things about me, people are gonna be commenting, and we anticipate the worst and it creates so, so much anxiety. Now, I remember myself like way, way, way back many years ago, I remember going to a disco, I think it was either my GCSE year or lower six, and I remember having nothing to wear. 
Um, at least that's how it felt. <laughs> I'm sure I probably did have some things to wear, but you know that feeling when you have got probably stuff, but you just feel like you've got nothing to wear that's nice. So I really didn't want to go. I felt self-conscious. I felt really frumpish. Is that a word that's still used? I don't really hear people say that anymore, but there you go. It kind of means unfashionable and a bit meh, really. So I remember going along to this disco in a pair of jeans and a stripy top, and it felt really underwhelming because I tended to wear jeans and a stripy top kind of in the daytime, so I felt really like that I wasn't special and I just didn't look good at all. You know, I just didn't feel nice in my body. But I vividly remember the lessons I learned from this disco. I remember that actually no one really cared, that I wasn't dressed up, no one commented. And actually once I was through those initial first few minutes of, oh my God, how is all of this going to turn out? I forgot about what I was wearing and I just really got on with the night. And it ended up being such a fun and memorable event. You know, I can look back to that event now and just remember so many things that happened. You know, it was one of those kind of classic 16-year-old discos, I guess, where um, everyone's together, like people are getting with each other and I don't know, all the kind of gossip. And it's one of those events you just didn't want to miss out on. And I remember myself, I even danced with someone who I really, really liked. And um, that was a good opportunity and it actually led to him being my kind of first boyfriend um, at the time. So it was, um, I'm so glad I went basically. I remember laughing a lot, dancing the night away. And it was fantastic learning. So I remember after the event, just thinking that was so interesting. People didn't really care how I looked. And that was just something I forgot about so quickly. Now, I'm not saying that I then have held on to that lesson so wisely and maintained that helpful attitude across all the years since. That was probably actually even just before I developed an eating disorder. But it's still a lesson that sticks in my mind. It's still something that I remember to this day. And I think it was really, really valuable. So I didn't need to be looking a certain way to enjoy myself. And people did not care about how I looked in the way that I had imagined. Okay, and number seven, try just to enjoy it, okay? So bring your energy, your enthusiasm, your kindness, your compassion, your wish to connect, your interest in others, your listening ear, all your lovely qualities, and realize that this is enough, okay? We choose our friends. We want to be around people where we feel warmth and connection, We don't choose our friends by how they look and if they are thin or if they are lean or, you know, we're so much more interested in a connection and the emotional component. Of course, it's nice to celebrate if someone dresses up nicely or to express creativity through dressing, etc. I'm not against any of that, but I just mean fundamentally in terms of who we choose as our friends, so much more into the emotional connection and feeling seen and feeling valued and feeling that kind of kindness and connection. Those are the things that really bring us together. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed this episode and it's given you a few things to be thinking about as we sort of come to the end of the summer. Um, If you haven't got your ticket for our online transformational event, Saturday the 30th of September, Please do get your tickets now. Link is in the show notes, bringing together 13 different professionals in the field, lots of inspiring workshops and talks all about prevention of eating disorders and body image issues. If you enjoy the podcast as well, I'd be so grateful if you'd follow, rate and review. It helps it reach so many more listeners. 
and thank you so much for listening and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon.